Turn your Bibles to John chapter 11. I feel like the Lord is going to do something this morning. I'm blessed this morning that God is doing something amazing. And I know sometimes we look around and we see empty chairs and it seems like what's going on, but I still believe that there's something there. Amen? I still believe that there's something in this church that's worth fighting for. I believe that there's some, something in you that is worth fighting for. That's, that's why I'm here this morning. That's why I continue to fight this morning because I really believe that when, when you taste victory and when you taste success and when you taste the blessings of the Lord and when you taste how good Jesus is and you drink, you eat his flesh and you drink his blood, you, 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 you want to give it to others. And regardless what it costs you to give it to others, you're willing to give it to others because you know that it works. Amen. And you know how good it is. And I don't want to be selfish. I want to give it to others. Amen? So I'm praying this morning that you would have a spiritual ear to hear what the Spirit is saying to you this morning. Don't worry about your neighbor. Don't worry about who's not here. Don't worry about who should have been here. Worry about what God is going to teach you this morning. Amen? So say to yourself, self, listen to the word. And so this is why I'm in John, because the other Gospels talk about the miracles and the teachings of Jesus. John speaks about who Jesus is. And Jesus is God. That's something that we need to establish this morning. We know Jesus is God, but we still don't know that Jesus is God. I know that sounds strange, but we think of God being God. Amen? God being God and Jesus being God, but what's going on here? But I want to establish this morning that Jesus is God. Amen? Jesus is what? And where does God live? In heaven. No, he lives in your heart. Amen? As a child, you, 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 you learn that, right? Where does Jesus live? He lives in heaven. Where else? He lives in my heart. Amen? So if he lives in your heart, he's not far from you. So, Father, we just pray this morning that you would have your way. Amen. Now, a certain man was sick. Someone say, a certain man was sick. So, we don't know what type of sickness it was. We just know that he was sick. Amen. We don't know what type of sickness. It didn't say that he had a fever or he had leprosy or he had one of those diseases. It just says there was a certain man. That was sick. Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary and his sister Martha. It was that Mary who anointed the Lord with fragrant oil and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Stop there. This was a special family to Jesus. Amen. You know how you have your favorites? Anybody? You have your kids and then you have your favorites. I know none of you who have kids because you love them all the same, right? How many people love all your kids the same? Anybody? Raise your hand. Anybody have kids? Raise your hand if you have kids. Raise your hand if you're still a kid. And, and all of them your favorite. But some of them kind of get on your nerves. Anybody? 
You have your favorites, but then there's some that you got to stretch out to love, right? And then you got those ones that are just so lovable. They jump on you, they kiss you, they're nice, they do the thing, and and you got the other ones that you love, but they don't hug you, they kind of bother you. So the reason why I say this is because God loves everyone, amen? God loved, right? God loved all Jesse's sons. But David was special. God loved all his disciples, but Peter and John were, you ain't hearing me this morning. Why? Because they loved little different. And so he tells, he tells the gentleman, much is forgiven, much is required, much is loved. When you're forgiven little, you, but this family was special to Jesus. And you know what? Your family's special to Jesus. You're here this morning because you want to sit at the feet of Jesus. You're here this morning because you want to connect to the heart of Jesus. You're here this morning because you want something special. You could have went to any other church, but you came to this little church. And this little church, God loves this little church. And he loves you so much, and he loves your family. Whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore, his sister sent to him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom you love is sick. And I want to to say this real quick. Behold, guess what? He who you love is sick. They emphasize he who you love. It didn't just say, hey, Lazarus is sick. He the one that, listen, Jesus, the one that you have a connection with, the one that you love, the one that we broke bread just not too long ago, the one that you came to my house that we all hung out, the, that one, that Lazarus, not just a normal Lazarus, the, you know, like the rich man in Lazarus, the poor man that was eating, you know, the crumbs, not that one, even though you loved him, I'm talking about the one you love, the one that you have a special connection with, the one that has a special connection with you, he's sick. And listen what it says. When Jesus heard, he said to the, his sickness is not unto death, but it's for the glory of God that the Son of Man may be glorified. Now stop. Go back real quick. The one that you love is sick. And he says, this sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God that, he, that the Son of God may be glorified. Now that's great. Jesus said that, right? But Jesus wasn't next to them when he said that. Lazarus was still sick in a different town, in a different city. He didn't hear what Jesus said. Hello? Yeah, that's great that it was not, his sickness is not for that reason, his sickness, you know. But guess what? I, I, Jesus didn't say that next to the sisters. Jesus didn't say that next to Lazarus. Jesus didn't say that at all. He, he said it, but he wasn't there in their presence. So to, let's go to their town. Where they're at. Can you imagine where they're at? Jesus, listen, Lazarus is sick. And not, not only that he's sick, guess what? He's getting more sick. And now he's even getting to a point where he's going to die. Where is Jesus? I don't understand this. Isn't this the Jesus that we follow? This is the Jesus that I was willing to break everything that I had and pour everything out to him and to love him, to follow him, to invite him in. 
I mean, I've seen signs, wonders, and miracles. I've seen what he did. I've seen him heal the lepers. I've seen him cast out demons. I've seen him do all these things. For sure he would come. He has to come. Lazarus is his friend. We love Jesus. Keep going. Glorified through it. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that he was sick, he stayed two more days. Wait a second. I want to say this. And and so God loved, because we know Jesus is God. God loved Martha. God loved Mary. God loved Lazarus. But God stayed two more days. Now, that's okay because we kind of know why he's sick. But let's go back to the town where Mary, Martha, and Lazarus is at. Now, his sickness is not just sickness. It's gravely. He's in a critical condition. It started off probably with just a little or whatever. And you hear it all the time. Listen, you hear it all the time. This gentleman went in because he had something wrong with like a cough in his throat, and he found out the next thing you know, he has cancer and he's dying. You hear it all the time. Somebody go into the hospital for one thing and hearing another. And it's not like it's just, you, you hear it sometimes where I was just with him the other day. Hello, can, can I talk to you guys over here? Because you know what I'm talking about. You were just with that person, and he's gone? And you hurt, but that wasn't your brother. Or your sister, or your mom, or your dad, or your aunt. Come on, somebody. Or your grandma, who you were close with. It's different. Come on, somebody. It's different. When you hear that somebody, oh, my God, that, that was quick. That he Listen, that's okay that you heard that, and you can sympathize just a bit. But when it's personal... It's different. You, you know the difference, right? When, when you pray, like, hey, can you pray for so-and-so? She's sick in the hospital. And you're like, okay, Father, we just pray right now. And that you, you know, send your angels and la, la, la. Come on, come on. And it's sincere. But when it's your mom, it's one of those father in the name. But, you know, you, you understand the difference. Because it's different because you're related. It's different because you love. It's different because you're close. And they're over there on this side and God's on that side. What do you do when you're on this side and things are dying around you and God's on that side taking his time? And yet, you're on this side and you're praying because you know who to pray to and you know who to send messages to. They send a message to Jesus. They didn't send a message to Buddha because Buddha can't help hearing me they didn't send a message to come on somebody to that other god because that god can't help that god can't hear they send a message to the god that healeth they send a message to the god that casts out demons they send a message to the god that healed leprosy they send a message that walked on water they send a message that stops the storm they send a listen we know who to send the message to and now he's not sick he's dead
stayed two more days in the place where he was. And after this, he said to them, disciple, let us go to Judah again. And the disciple said to him, Rabbi, lately the Jews sought to stone you. And are you going there again? Jesus answered, said, are there not 12 hours in a day? And if anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble because he sees the light and the light of the world. But if one walks in the night, he is stumbles because the light is not in him. These things he said, and after these, he said to them, Our friend Lazarus sleeps, but I go and may I wake him up. Then they said to the disciples, Lord, if he sleeps, he will get up. He'll get well. However, Jesus spoke of his death, but they thought of he was talking about speaking about taking a rest and sleep. And Jesus said to them plainly, Lazarus is dead. You ever ask yourself, why does God allow things to die? Dreams, businesses, church, marriages. Why does God allow it to die when, when there's a spouse crying out or a husband crying out or a child crying? Come on, somebody. You cry out and you know who to cry out to and you send messages to. You know, who the, you know the answer. It wasn't like we just picked it out of a hat. We know Jesus. But why does God, why does God, you pray and 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 he's still, and he's taking his time and you're saying, there's no way I know my God. And we tell everybody about how good God is. Come to the Lord. He's good. He's mighty. He will provide for you. He is Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Nisi, Jehovah Rophi, Jehovah this and Jehovah that. But the, what is, happens when Jehovah allows things to die? And you're praying that it will live, but God wants it to die. Martha, Mary, and all those around him want Lazarus to live. God says, die. And I'm glad, he says. Let's scratch our heads. I'm scratching my head. Wait, I'm glad? I don't know about you, but I'm glad? I'm glad it's falling apart. I'm glad they're leaving the church. I'm glad. I, I don't comprehend what God's trying to do sometimes. In fact, I'm not understanding it. I'm kind of disappointed in it because I fasted and I prayed. It reminds me of my friend David who fasted when he found out that God was going to allow his baby to die. And he prayed and he fasted and he cried out. And let me tell you something. There, there is a different. I'm going to just be straight with you. I'm just going to just, just be honest because we are in church. There is a difference when we pray and when David prayed. 
I mean, David would cry and cry and be broken and where God says, son, get up, right? He, he loved him some David. God loved him some David, right? Okay, David. You know why? Because David was like, God, you are not going to talk about my dad that way. And he wrote Psalms. Hello. He fought Philistines. He fought lions and tigers and bears. Goliaths, he, he didn't care. He, 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 he worshiped God, and when he worshiped, the spirit would leave. And, and so David knew how to get God's attention. Even David, the man after God's heart, could not get God's to save his child. And I'm glad for your sakes that I was not there, that you may believe. Nevertheless, let us go to him. And Thomas said, who called the twin, said to him, and his fellow disciple, let us also go that we may die with him. So when Jesus came, he said, he found them that he had already been in the tomb for four days. Now Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles away. And many of the Jews joined the women around Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning the brother. Now... Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went to meet him, but Mary was sitting in the house. Now, Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you would have been here, my brother would not have died. Lord, if you would have just healed him. Lord, if you just would have intervened, I would still be. Come on, somebody. You ever been there? My business would still be. God, we cried out. We prayed. We did everything you asked for. If you would have just been here, God, if you would have just handled it, God, why do you allow us to go through what we're going through, God? I don't understand. Lord, if you would have just been here. Have you ever said, you know what? I tried praying and don't work. Things are still dying. Things are not going according to my plans. But even now I know whatever you ask God, God will give you. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. I want you to hear this. God said to her, Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection. And the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? That's the question this morning for you. Do you believe this? Do you believe this, that, that, that God is the resurrection, that Jesus is the resurrection and the life? I mean, it's easy to call him Lord, and it's easy to see the signs, wonders, and miracles. It's great to see him stopping storms. It's great to see him hollow to open up the, the sea and doing signs, wonders, and miracles, and blessings, and prosperity, and healthy, and, and all these things. But what do you still believe when things die all around you?
God is good and he's always good. And then your mom dies of cancer. Is he still good? My mom loved Jesus. If I, if I ever seen anybody, uh, 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 if I could look under the definition of a Christian in the Webster's Dictionary and, and look it under the Greek and look it under, I would see a picture of my mom. I mean, she was a Christian Christian. And we prayed and we fasted and we cried and we, and mama is in heaven. And God was glad. But you know who's more glad? My mom. Oh, you missed that. She don't have to deal with cancer in heaven. She don't have to deal with, come on, somebody. She don't have to deal with the issues that we have to deal with. Listen, she don't have to, she don't have to deal with bills and, and problems and issues and, and crazy kids like my other brothers and sisters. Or my crazy father or, or all this. She don't have to deal with that. The only thing she gets to do is sit at the feet of Jesus. You know why? Because she believed. This morning the question is, do you believe Jesus is God? Do you believe that he is the resurrection? Do you believe? She said to him, Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who is to come into the world. And when she had said these things, she went her way and secretly called Mary, her sister, and saying, The teacher has come, is calling for you. And as soon as she heard, she arose quickly and came to him. Now Jesus had not yet come into the town, but was in the place where Martha met him. Then the Jews who were with her in the house, comforting her, when they saw that Mary rose up quickly and went out and followed her, saying, She is going to the tomb to weep there. Then when Mary came where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet. She fell at his feet. You want to get Jesus' attention? It's not when you're upright. And you think that you have it together. Or when you think that you don't need him. Or you think that things are going good. Do you know when you really get God's attention? Or Jesus' attention? Do you know when he notices you when out of all the crowd in the room? Hello, Mary. The feast was there. Hello, the great feast was there. The food was there. Now, he's probably hungry because he wasn't eating for a while. You know, us, man, we go into a place, we smell the food, we notice the food right away. We do, how you doing this? You, you understand what I'm talking about, right? You go to a birthday party, and the first thing you look for, not the presents, to put your present, you're looking for where's the food? Where's the snacks? Where's the drink? Come on, some, let's be real. And yet Jesus is there, and all the food is there, and the things is there, and he's not noticing. He notices somebody that comes in to the feet of his. And what does Mary do? She fell at the feet of Jesus saying, Lord, if you had been here, 
My brother would not die. Therefore, when Jesus saw her weeping, and saw that the Jews came with her weeping, he groaned in his spirit and was troubled and said to her, where have you laid him? And they said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. Jesus wept. I want you to understand that Jesus wept. Someone say, God wept. God cried. In Hebrews chapter 4, it says we don't, it's not like we don't have a priest that can sympathize with us. You, you understand the difference? We have a high priest that sympathizes with us. And we use the word sympathy. We sympathize with people. But I'm not talking about that. Jesus loved Lazarus and he sympathized with him. Jesus loved Mary and he sympathized with her. Jesus loved Martha and he sympathized. It's different. He's not just, okay, you know, next, who's next? Okay, here's your offer. Who's next? Here's your, you cut your bull. Here's next, like a priest would do because he, he, he didn't know them. He just had to intercede for them. But he knew them. He personally interceded to his father on their behalf because he loved them. He sympathized with them. And when God wept, it's because he cried, because he felt their pain. He knew what they were going through. He knew they were suffering. He wasn't glad in their suffering. He wasn't, he felt their suffering. Have you ever cried to a place where there's no more tears? You just couldn't cry anymore. You just opened your mouth and there's nothing coming back out. Where that place where you feel like, oh my God, can it get any worse than this? I've been there a few times. See how he loved him. Some of them said, could not this man who opened the eyes of the blind also have kept this man from dying? And Jesus, again groaning himself, came to the tomb. It was a cave and the stone laid against him. Jesus said, take away the stone. Martha said his sister to him, who was dead, said to him, Lord, by this time there's a stench. For he's been dead four days. Death brings forth a stench. It's, it's not good. You, you know when something's dying. Come on, somebody. You can smell it. I don't know what's, come on. You, you ever been there? Have you ever smelled something that was dead? Anybody? A anybody, come on, come on, just be, let's just, something that is rotting. And you can smell it. You don't know where it's at, but you, you can smell death. And he said, Lord, he's, he's been there four days. It's done. They had a superstition that the spirit would hover around for three days, but now it's four days. He's gone. Stop. You're going to embarrass yourself, God. Did I not say to you? That if you would believe, you would see the glory of God. Then he took away the stone from the place where the dead man was lying. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. And I know that you always hear me because of the people who are standing. By this, they may believe that you sent me. Now when he has said these things, he 
cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus! The same Lazarus that died? The same Lazarus that was sick for who God knows how many days now? And died and now smells? You know what? I'm going I'm to be straight with you. Sickness did not kill Lazarus. You, you understand when I say, why does God allow things to die? Why does God allow my dreams to die, my, my vision to die, my business to die, and sometimes the church, and it, and it seems this, and my marriage, and that. Listen, it, it's not God, it's sin. The wages of sin is death. Sin killed Lazarus. Sin destroyed your marriage. Sin came into the church. Sin went into your business. Sin messed up your dreams. It's sin. Don't blame God for your sin. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And the wages of sin is death. But God's gift of eternal life is found in Jesus Christ. Sin is stinks. It's not the death. It's the sin that smells. And as much as you want to hide it, David, David, the child's going to die because of your sin. And the sad thing is this. It was only in the death of Lazarus where Lazarus could hear him. You know, I could not hear him for the longest time. I could preach to you about him. I could talk to you about him. I could pray with you about him, and I know who he is. But I didn't hear him for a long time until I died. God, how could you allow my marriage? How could you allow the church? How could you allow my father? How could you allow me to step down? God, what are you doing? I cried to you. I asked for your help. Why can't you hear me? And it wasn't until I died where I heard those words, Joaquin, get up. I couldn't hear him with the physical ear. Lazarus couldn't hear him. And so Jesus called him from the dead. And what God is saying to this church, pass a prayer! Come forth! <laughs> and Lazarus came forth. He who died came out bound hand and foot with grave cloths, and his face was wrapped with the cloth. And Jesus said to him, 
loose him and let him go. Loose him. Enough is enough. Loose Matthew. Enough is enough. Loose Claire. Enough is enough. Loose Angela. Enough is enough. Loose him. Loose Nathan. Enough is enough. Loose Hank. Enough is enough. Loose Chris. Enough is enough. Loose John. Enough is enough. Loose, loose Charles. Loosen him. Enough is enough. Death, you have no sting over my children. Loosen them in the name which is above all names. And let him go. Pharaoh, let my people go. Let them go. You had your way with them. Let them go. And it wasn't until Lazarus died that he heard the voice of God. He only knew Jesus as Jesus, as a friend, as a healer, as a prophet. Like the ones Matthew, Mark, Luke describe. The teacher. The teacher has called for you. The prophet is here. The miracle worker. He didn't know him as God. The resurrection. The way. The truth. The life. And so he called his name from the grave. If you feel like you're dying and you feel like things are not happening and you feel like you've given up, I'm telling you right now, loosen Carlos. Enough is enough. Let him go. Let him go. Devil, let him go. Death, let him go. Sin, let him go. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. To set those who are captive free. To loosen those who are in prison free. To give joy for mourning. Life for death. Let him go. Turn real quick to John, chapter 12. Now the great many of the Jews knew that he was there. And when they came, not for Jesus' sake only, but that they might also see Lazarus, whom he had raised from the dead. But the chief priests plotted to put Lazarus to death also. Because on his account, Many, hello, because on Lucinda's account, because on Angela's account, because of, because of Jerry's account, because of Raymond's account, because of, because of, come on, because of Irma's account, because of Matthew's account, because of, come on, come on, because of Johnny's account, because of, because of Jeremiah's account, because of your account, come on, because it, because he, everybody knows that you used to be dead, and everybody knows that you used to be part of this world, and everybody knows that you used to be in bondage, and everybody knows that you were all messed up, and because of that account, the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy, because many, many people are they're saying if this boat, this vessel can cross, this vessel can cross to that side, the little boats that are watching, they can cross over too. If he can do it, I can do it. Went away and believed in Jesus. The last verse, John chapter 12. 
I want you to read this. Worship team, come on up. And this is Jesus speaking here. He says, most assuredly I say to you. God is speaking to you this morning. I want you to touch your name and say, God is speaking to you. I want you to touch yourself and say, God is speaking to me this morning. Jesus says, most assuredly, he, he, he just didn't say, oh, let me tell you something. No, he says, listen, pay attention. Most assuredly, I want to say something to you. I want to get your attention. Hey, wake up, wake up. Get a hey, hey, snap out of it. I need to talk to you this morning. I understand what you're dealing with. I understand what you're going through. I understand that you're feeling sorry for yourself. I understand that you're, you're dying. I understand that your marriage is not all that. I understand your business is all that. I understand you really don't like where you work. I understand that the church is kind of a little small, but I understand all these things, but I got something to say to you personally. In fact, he sits right next to you, puts his arm around you, he wants to whisper in your ear this morning. And he says this, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. How many people did Lazarus witness to in the tomb? many people did Lazarus witness in the tomb they were mourning outside because everything was over but when he left the tomb when he left the tomb they looked at us and said there's no way this guy could be alive I seen him I smelt him he was done he was buried he was gone it's over Good riddance. The devil thought. And then he stepped out. He stepped out. He stepped out. He stepped out. Because I want to see Martha. I want to see Mary. I want to tell them. Don't you ever stop believing in God. No matter what it takes. Even if they put me back in, even if they put me back in the grave, Mary, Martha, friends, family, don't you ever forget he raised me. He just didn't let me die. He saved me for such a time as this. For a purpose. To restore vision, to restore dreams, to restore the church, to build up a, a mighty army. But if it dies, it produces much grain. It's in the garden of despair. It's in the garden of death. It's in the garden where you have nothing to live for. Where God raises up a mighty army. Where God raises up men and women that say, I don't want to go back to the grave. I want to go back to my old lifestyle. I got nothing. I got nothing left. What does it say in the proverb that a sick dog is greater than a dead lion? I would rather be sick and worship the king than be dead in a grave with stench. God, will you produce something in my marriage, something in my children, 
something in this church, something in my finances, a little seed, 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 a mustard seed of faith. It's in the garden of despair. Hello, it's in the garden of despair. It's in the garden of hurt. It's in the garden of death where you produce faith and patience and love and joy. The fruit of the Spirit is found in the garden of death. The fruit of the Spirit is found in the garden of Gethsemane where Jesus himself had to face death. And he said, Father, is there any other way? I don't want to die. I know what it feels like. I've seen it. I felt it. I sympathized with it. I don't want to die. But nevertheless, 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 have your way. Have your way. If I have to die in order to produce harvest, then God crucify me because I don't want to live without seeing my brothers and sisters and my friends and my families, including my enemies, into your kingdom, Lord. And with all eyes head, I mean all eyes closed and heads bowed. This morning, you're dealing with some stuff. And it's hard because you feel like it is dying and you have no power, no control over it. As much as you want to save that person, you don't have the power. As much as you want that person to open their eyes and, and hear again and see again, like Lazarus, he could not hear, he could not see, he was dead. Sometimes you have a loved one that's just not there. Sometimes you just have to just bury it and watch God raise it. And this morning, in the wonderful name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the Lord of lords and kings of kings, the great I am. The Alpha, the Omega, the beginning, the end. He's the wonderful counselor, the Prince of Peace. He's the great I am. He's a lover of your soul, the bishop of your soul. He's the one that is and is to come. He's the way, the truth, and the life. He is the door. He is the gate. He is the water. He is the bread. He is the life. He is the breath. That's the God that I'm calling upon. Not the one that's still buried, not that one. The one that conquered death. The one that took the keys from Satan. The one that lives and will come back for his children. Whoever you are this morning and whatever you're going through this morning, if you need Jesus this morning, I want you to come to the feet of Jesus. Come to the altar and sit at his feet and let him know what you're dealing with. 